Hey guys, it's comedian Mickey Coachella, and uh, I love listening to The Angry Millennial. There's nothing funny about it. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now, guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. Are you, Was in, it, are you in Cleary mode right now? Are we in? Are, are we intro now? We are in, in the, oh, we're we're in the in. thick of it. This is, yeah. We're in the shit. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to, uh, <laughs> I guess it's my podcast now. <laughs> welcome to my podcast, The Angry Millennial. No one's going to argue with that. Um, <laughs> we've already arm wrestled for ownership of the podcast <laughs> i lost clearly. and it belongs to me now chris is now the alpha in the room <laughs> oh man that's that's too funny so uh you know chris you know thank you for coming in coming down today mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh you know I, i'm not gonna lie i'm a huge fan of your uh of your work so when we start let's just start off with this one uh, when i was doing research for the interview i noticed your twitter and your main photo on your site is you beardless. Yeah. And it was, I was a little taken aback, you know, for as many people have known you for a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, do you kind of, is, is like your beard when you're known looks? It's, looks acting, it, well, it's, it's, it's a bit of my, uh, appears to be a bit of my Robin Williams um, mm-hmm. face. So when I do something serious, I have a beard. And when I do something <laughs> comedic, I, I tend to not have the beard. Um, the beard uh, got attached uh, to a show called The Nick. Mm-hmm. So I, The Nick started pre-production auditions, I guess, almost three years ago. And so I had the beard when I auditioned. And once I got locked into that show, I just had to keep it for a long time. And uh, up until about six or seven days ago when I had to shave it for uh, for this new project I'm working on. Yeah. But, nice. uh, but the beard definitely became a huge part Right. Oh, yeah. As you know, as you know, it becomes like a part of your life. There's a huge beard subculture. There are <laughs> oh, products. Yeah. There are brushes. There Did you are, get oils sent to you? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, oils. Yeah. And uh, there's um, there's this great company called uh, Beard Etiquette mm-hmm. that does solid beard oils. Nice. Um, and now I got all this mane and tail at home that I'm just not going to use. <laughs> well, mean, you have it just in case. I mean, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for my chest hair. <laughs> Keep it soft. Is yeah. that what is that what actually arm wrestled Jose? Yeah, it was just the it was actually chest hair just my chest hair battled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did, we did. Um, so that yeah, I mean, I, I was the same way. I I didn't. I had like a, a. I'm not gonna lie. I had a little little thin one for a long time. Yeah, you know, really look. I looked really Hispanic, and then um, <laughs> and then I had just just the chin for a while, and then I grew a beard. I grew a beard originally for a trip that I was supposed to take with a buddy of mine to Pakistan, mm-hmm. and it was like. You know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I we ended up not happening. I was like, yeah, like you said, I started seeing the sure. whole beard, beard culture sure. and all that kind of stuff, and got into it. 
That's if you, if you grow now. it, if you grow it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, and much. as funny as that and is, it's it couldn't be more true. No, yeah. it's 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 amazing. And you have a strong beard. Thank you. I'm here. To, I'm here to tell your it. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Nicely, but thank you. Thank strong. You. The edges are clean. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do it yourself. Yeah. Very well done. Trying not to look, you know, completely homeless. Very shape. well done. Very you know? well done. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. I, I got detained twice while flying, so then I thought, you know okay. what, maybe I'll trim it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I just kind of let mine go, neck, beard, and all, oh, just yeah. to to give it a good body. And for a long time, one of my favorite games here in New York is to is to pick the craziest person on the subway car, <laughs> like look around and just see like who's winning just, the competition just, just for lock, this just car. Lock eye, just lock eyes. And I slowly, w- once the beard got to a certain length, I realized it was me. <laughs> it was always me, like. <laughs> Noticed there was plenty of space around me. Yeah, yeah. yeah people didn't want to sit too close. Oh, yeah, I feel like funny. I need to try to go with it and do a beard. I don't feel it'll be right unless I like get an axe and like a flannel shirt and go yeah. to the woods for a month well, you or got so. The tattoos, the yeah. tattoos are already you're already you're already seventy five percent of the way to beard. Okay, yeah. I'll right, see you guys in a month. I'll... And you know what? You got some grays. I'm not knocking them. I appreciate these them. are not gray so... hair. They're unsaturated blonde yes. hair. Nice. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Whatever you tell yourself. But the salt and pepper beard would look good. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I'm I would rather have gray hair than you know up top. So are you giving me googly eyes? Uh right. sort of. Okay. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever get speaking of like the subway, you ever get recognized in New York lately since since the Nick really kind of uh, you know it the beard the beard again is also a bit of a, a disguise. I, I've been I got recognized maybe th- three times. Wow. Uh, I can count I can count all of them. I remember yeah. them all very well. They were very it was a, they were great days for me. Yeah. Um but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no. No, I, I I actually don't I actually don't get recognized yeah. very often. But I also wear, you know, glasses and hats and That's I'm true. a big fan of uh of the accessory. Yeah, I'm so, not gonna lie, you look a lot less scary than I imagined. Yeah. I'm not a scary dude. I no. mean, <laughs> that's how it is. All the big guys are big teddy bears. Yeah, we we uh, because we can be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've never had to, you know, a fight. A fight. A fight's always it's fine. Big guys. Like you walk into into a bar or something. There's always somebody who has something to prove, yeah. and they choose you to try to prove it with. <laughs> but I'm just not into it, man. I'm, yeah, I, I played football for one day, and I was like, yeah, this is. <laughs> It's not for me. It's not for you ever, me. You ever seen The Blind Side? Yes. Is that kind of like yeah. you? Big yeah, teddy, big exactly. Teddy bear, exactly. Looking at the butterfly in yeah, the field? exactly. Apply <laughs> to the big man. <laughs> so we actually met uh, through my girlfriend, Jess, who you're friends with on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, that was definitely a, a first, you know, for us where we kind of landed someone or, or got to got on someone's radar and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, tell me about like what's probably your most unusual way you you landed a role in something. Yeah, I, I mean, talking about social media, yeah. social media yeah. has 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 opened up everything. I mean, obviously for all mm-hmm. of us, and especially if you're active on it and you use it. Right. I've ended up on a couple of podcasts. Here we mm-hmm. are. <laughs> I, you know, I've ended up you know talking to skincare specialists. I got a box of skincare stuff today because when I shaved my beard, right. This, now instead of the beard people, the skincare person <laughs> came, came up. Yeah, you shave and, it off, and they're like, "Holy and, shit!" And you they need were help. like, "We'll help you moisturize." <laughs> um, but as far as as far as like the the strangest way I've ever gotten a role, mm-hmm. it it's kind of got to be the Nick. Yeah, like most most of the time for for people who don't know when you get it when you get a TV show mm-hmm. that that's going to be running for multiple seasons, 
there's there are a lot of hoops to jump through. Right. You have to talk to a lot of executives. There there are there are yeah. um, networks that have to sign off on you. There are producers. There are all these things. But because of the way that Steven Soderbergh, who directs the show, for those who haven't seen it, it's amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, it's called The Nick. It's on Cinemax. We're we're almost done with our second season. Uh, it's mm -hmm. on right now. You can check it out. Um, I've sent in a tape. And then I had a callback with the casting director and mm -hmm. did the exact same sides, yeah. same audition again. And then Steven just cast me. And that was the wow. end of it. Which was a total surprise because yeah. I, m myself and all of my representatives thought it would be a lot more involved process. But yeah. the deal yeah. that Steven worked with, with Cinemax, the reason he wanted to do it on Cinemax instead of, say, HBO, because right. HBO owns Cinemax, um, was so that he could have... Uh, the final word right. on More almost, creative control. almost everything. Mm -hmm. He nice. definitely collaborated with the uh, with the execs, but he had the final say. And right. So yeah. and so, just out of nowhere, I got the call. It was and, and it's it, got to feel good. Yeah, it felt really. It was. Was that your first time working with him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the and I again, I didn't even meet him until until he had uh, meetings. With all of the uh, the actors about two weeks before we started shooting. Wow! Just to just to have a conversation, and right. chat about music and movies. Right, and right. We didn't talk about the project at all. He just sat us all down and, and said, "Got to know each other." He said, "I listen. I work fast, and I just want everyone to be calm." Wow, that's cool. That's all he said. He goes, yeah. he goes. I know, I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be crazy, and I know it's a. He didn't say any of this stuff, but he he knew that it was going to be a big right. show right. for all of us. And right. yeah. other than Clive Owen, we all had some credits, but mm -hmm. this was our first, you know, big show. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he just wanted us all to be calm and ready. And so goes back said, to that thing. It's like you got to connect with whoever you're working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like it's such a fundamental thing with anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we we met with um, Peter Hurley yesterday. And he is a one of the top headshot photographers. I'm not sure it wasn't asked you about him later. Um, and his big thing is he actually started a, a like a company with a tour, and it's literally called I'm going to butcher this, but Cyphotology. 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 Mm -hmm. I was so weird. I helped you like out there. Photosynthesis. <laughs> uh, and it's it's basically the psychology behind taking someone's portrait hmm. and getting them to kind of get over these hangups we all have sure. as soon as we get in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure as an actor, you're going to test that it's probably, especially on film, it's an ongoing thing you probably go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I, I'll never forget my first headshot that I that I took was back in LA in like 2002 mm -hmm. and there are trends as as he may or may not have talked about that go with headshots mm -hmm. sometimes oh, yeah. they're color when I got my first one they went back to black and white right now they're back to color right. um but I remember the the photographer uh he knew it was my first headshot and so you could tell that there was a lot of confidence building that he was right. doing mm -hmm. there was Co coaching and and uh, complimenting and mm -hmm. and really kind of building you up to get to right. to also relax you but also give yeah. you the confidence so that you can portray some kind of stardom or some <laughs> yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. some kind of it thing. Right. Whoever looks at the photo sees that glint. I mean, in it your does eye. come across though, like yeah, you know, sure, no, for sure. I mean, and especially if you. Uh, like you said, I mean, you go off these roles sometimes, and, and it's true. Especially that's that's the one thing that it may, especially in the beginning, right. get you in the door. Beyond that, yeah. sure, it's up to you. Yeah, uh, headshots now uh, are kind of kind of going 
uh, are kind of a thing of the past. Right. Um, they don't, they, or at least they don't function in the same way that they used to because of our digital technology. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. they if they want your picture, they just take your picture. Yeah. When you show up at the audition, because they can share it and email it to everyone instantly, as yeah. opposed to having a stack of actual paper ones, which you can't get get to everyone as right. quickly. Yeah. Um, Do you think video is kind of making more of an emphasis, like just like mini, like I don't even know, like Vine reels or something like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, not not in my not in my line of mm-hmm. of uh, of work, but things like things like Instagram and Twitter are definitely. I I use Instagram kind of as a as a rolling resume mm-hmm. to let people know what I'm up to, to let right. people know what I'm working on. Right. To, yeah. And it's my way to connect with other people in the industry because a lot of people, I mean obviously we don't keep up with each other until they're like, "Oh, what about him? Let's let's get him in here and and, and he can audition." And maybe they don't know what I've been doing for the last 2 years, but with Instagram, yeah. you can leave these little Images, oh, a little breadcrumbs of like, yeah, of like, oh, and this is what I'm doing now, right? Oh, and this is and this is what I'm up to, and this is where I've been, and this is where I'm traveling, and this is the show that I've seen, and it's almost like having a, it's almost like getting the small talk out of the way, right? Yeah. So if you go to a show and you and you and you take a photo of it, some next time I happens all the time, I see people, hey, you saw you saw Hamilton the other night, what'd you think? Like, it's right. A, so it's a conversation starter. Yeah, right? it's a it's yeah. a really interesting Absolutely. kind of segue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then you think about I'm gonna I'm blanking out right now and I feel horrible. Chris, 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 Chris from uh, Guardian- Christopherson, Chris Angel, Chris, Chris Jenner, Angel. Chris Jenner, Chris, yeah, Chris uh, um, from Guardians of the Galaxy, it's Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. There you go. I'm gonna say Chris Pine. That's another guy. Um, I mean, he, he got he got that job literally because he took a pic his brother told him to post a picture of himself working out like he got mm-hmm. all cut up yeah and he said dude just post it on twitter and he's like that's not really my style and you know he went from like a pudgy guy <laughs> to this rip dude mm-hmm. next thing you know he got cast in one of the probably the, one of the biggest marvel do you see it i just saw the audition with him and batista uh-huh you, you guys see that it, no. oh it's awesome do they, it's awesome like, the, the energy is like instant you could see it oh really awesome. yeah you should check it out i love that movie. yeah it's it, you have to control or not, not you have to, you now have the opportunity to control people's perception of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And so if you can, I mean, I've befriended a lot of comedians online mm-hmm. through Twitter, through, right. yeah. through screwing around back and forth, right. through making jokes, through, yeah. you know, uh, the Sklar brothers, uh, we're a fan of the Nick, and I and I just literally asked. I said, "Next time I'm in L.A., can I come on your show?" show? And they're like, "Yeah, we'd love it." And and so that's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. I mean, we were we were kind of doing that the past couple of days, right. and right. I gotta ask. Okay, so the whole thing started was I thought to myself, I found this uh, picture on your site mm-hmm. of uh, of you know Mr. Cleary on your character on the Nick. Oh yeah, who's a very intimidating man. Yeah, and. uh <laughs> And I thought to myself, oh, should I, I feel like I want to arm wrestle this guy. <laughs> and that's how it started. And then yep. we started posting videos of me, you know, not me, but Rocky training. And then you <laughs> literally posted a video of you what, training. Yeah. Did you, were you but like with, actually working with, out? Or was but with old? eight pound weight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I picked up on that. The struggle. You know, it's the a- struggle. <laughs> yeah. No, that was something, uh, 
over Thanksgiving, uh, I have close family friends, uh, the Klebers, who mm-hmm. own this gym in Illinois. And so in, in order to uh, to maintain the holiday season, I, I went and worked out. Uh, so Cleary is working out with the Cleavers? Yeah, yeah. Cleary is working out with the Cleavers. And uh, and uh, the, the patriarch of the family, Doug Klebers, ex-football player, runs this gym. And his son, Sam, oh, wow. uh, is a physical therapist. And so Sam and I were in there alone one day working out. And, uh, and Alanis Morissette came on the... Uh, Shut up. Oh, I the, thought you uh, walked in. No, so Alanis Morissette walks in, and no, she she came on because we were listening to like a '90s Pandora station, right? And Alanis came on. (laughs) Alanis Morissette gets you that mixed up, huh? Yeah, it's fine. And and Alanis uh, comes on, and we both just slowly start singing along. Nobody else in the gym, and I was like, "Film this, man! Get yeah. your phone." Yeah, there was another. There's another video too. I'll, I'll post it to you after. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I but mean, yeah, we are going to arm wrestle. It's going to be great. Oh yeah, oh, it's going to happen for sure. I mean, I, I think Jess, if you can, let's let's put it out there that uh, at some point today we are going to see and witness something majestic. Yeah, over the top. Um, I don't want to have to deal with Jose crying though. It's fine. I've actually broken the many Jess bones is here. in my she'll, body. She just got paper towels. She'll clean it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so tell me, I mean, one question I have actually real quick, just to circle back with, and this is one thing I always thought about, actors, and there's so many times where you put all this hope, effort, and determination into a pilot, mm-hmm. right? And you hope it'll take off. And sometimes ones that are really good, just timing, time slot, whatever, don't sure. pick up on television. Sure. And then... You know, I used to love like um, Made in America mm-hmm. and thought it was awesome. And after two seasons, they canned it. You know, Newsroom, another great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, two seasons, they canned it. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? And um, like you said, when you sign on to the Nick, maybe because it was Soderbergh and that name, did they automatically say from the get go, here's two seasons? You know, here's. No, I mean, season. nothing, nothing's guaranteed. Um, Soderbergh's a good bet, right? You know yeah. that that it will that it will go. Um, and they announced our second season before the first one even started airing, right? Yes, yeah, so I mean. yeah, that yeah, worked yeah. out pretty well. But we're still waiting to hear on the third one. Um, you know, as far as as far as nobody knows the the magic. If they did, you know, it, it, they they would be king of the world. Um, <laughs> but the 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 format, the formula. I mean, there are certain people who who have. <laughs> gotten really good at it dick wolf yeah you know mm-hmm. uh is, is probably about as close as, i mean he's got the formula well who, who was the um, one growing up in the 90s that he, uh 90210 what's his name oh uh he was like spelling uh, spelling he, yeah. come on yeah. he, 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 I he's, think he's still around isn't yeah he? no there, there are definitely people who, who figure out uh who figure out how to how to like insert themselves into the zeitgeist of, of whatever people are into at the time but right. um but yeah as far as as far as investing it's it's all about it's all about diversifying your portfolio, man. man yeah. You put all your eggs in, in one basket. You got to, you know, for creative people, you know, if, if there is, you know, I, I see that you guys talk to a lot of photographers. You know, if you, if you, say, if you only say that you're going to, you take pictures of dogs, that's, that's a very limited market. <laughs> right. So you have yeah. to figure out, you have to figure out how to shoot uh, indoor, outdoor, hanging from a helicopter, whatever, right. whatever the situation calls for, mm-hmm. or else, or else you'll, there we your go. your yeah. business will dry up pretty quick. Next shoot, hanging from a helicopter, shooting <laughs> yeah. dogs. I mean, yeah. shooting <laughs> dogs in yeah. Central Park, just yeah. swinging around. Um, so you know that's something that you know I always think, uh, and, and you can probably attest this as actors. 
you know, you want to be, like you said, you want to be versatile, mm-hmm. right? You want to do the serious roles, the comedic roles, that sure. kind of thing. But, but there is a point where you get where you're so good at one thing that it's kind of, you know, I don't want to say you get, you get pigeonholed, but it's, it's tough for people to, to take you another way. I mean, yeah, I, know, I mean, you know, like being typecast, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, but like I said earlier, you're more in control now of your image than ever before. And, right. and yeah. again, it's about diversifying. So my, my, uh, one of the, one of the reasons I, I signed with the people that I work with, my agent, my manager, is that they have a very um, well-rounded view of what this business is. Right. And I do a lot of theater work. I do mm-hmm. a lot of. Um, I've done mostly theater work mm-hmm. in my in my life. Um, yeah. But the the goal is 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 to be s- uh, circular. So you do a theater job, you do a TV job, you do a film job, and then back around again. And mm-hmm. in between all those things are you know voiceover gigs, which I've been doing for really for however long. Um, uh, and so. The, yeah, the voiceover, the voiceover just kind of fills the gaps. The, right, it's, a, it's the best job in entertainment. It's like an hour <laughs> wor- hour worth of your time, and the commercial just goes out there right. and just earns money. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so the 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 well roundedness of 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 what you can what you can plug yourself into helps kind of. Uh, move things along and, and, and kind of hopefully keeps things from getting too pigeonholed into, mm-hmm. into, into one thing. Is right. anything you kind of, do you like working in, on, in the theater as opposed to like TV or film or anything more? Yeah. You know, I mean, theater. I'm sure. They're so different from one another. Yeah. They're, obviously they're but, very different skills I'm learning now. You know, my, yeah. I've, I've done film and TV before, but I'm just now getting the opportunity to do larger things. Yeah. And it's very different, very different skills almost altogether. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like, I mean, I like the immediacy of the theater. I yeah. like, I like the interaction between the uh, the attempt at creating something truthful and real, and the response of an audience. Yeah, reacting to it one way or the other, good, bad, or mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, and theater, I think, is where the majority of of the creative work for me, anyways, gets done. Yeah. That's nice. Awesome. So, what what yeah. came first for you? Like music, acting, theater. Yeah, uh, my my mom dropped me off at my my freshman year of of high school. Dropped me off at the at the audition for the school play. Oh wow! And I didn't want to do it. I was like, Do you remember what play it was? It was The Sting, um, oh, which nice. is a, the yeah. I didn't realize the movie was based on a on a play. I think it's that way. I don't think it's the other way around. Um, but I didn't want to do it. And my mom dropped me off and said, well, I'm going to leave you here for an hour. <laughs> you can either audition or not. Right. That's up to you. Right. But at least consider it. And I did. And I got cast as, as, a, as a car dealer with two lines, you know, freshman. Um, and that was it, man. That was, you got hooked? That was it. Yeah. Anyone else in your family creative in that sense? Are your parents creative? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're all creative. Everyone's creative in, in, in one way or another. The... The way I've recently boiled it down is, is, which my parents were so helpful in, in helping me do, but you identify your passion, right? Mm-hmm. It, it leads you to your purpose, and then you obey your purpose above all else. Wow. Is I want to write that cool. down. Yeah, seriously. Is, <laughs> can you is, tweet is, that so is, I can just remember that? Awesome. <laughs> that is my key to happiness. Uh, your, purpose, your purpose comes before all else, before all relationships, before all of these things, because if you're not... Living 
your life according to what you're meant to be doing, then you're not happy. And then no one else around you can be happy. Right. Nothing else um, will kind of yeah. So when we talk about being creative, you know, my mother would tell you and has told me her creative purpose in this life was to be a mother. Like that's what she was meant to do. And right. so she raised me and my, my brother with that creativity in mind. Um, my dad worked in, in home building his, his whole life is retired now. And, and, uh, and my brother is uh, also in property management, urban, urban planning, things like that. Mm-hmm. But he's, he grew up doing these, these crazy mathematical drawings that were all, wow. that were like, that used to like mesmerize the whole family. Um, so there's, there's different ex- forms of expression right. in, yeah. in, in creativity, but, uh, but yeah. So what would you say is the, Let's just say, in terms of your acting career, what's the what's the biggest risk you've taken in the last five years? Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, as far as my acting career goes, the the first the first you know, I moved here to New York to do a play, a Broadway play called Lombardi that was about Vince Lombardi, mm-hmm. starred Dan Loria, the dad from The Wonder Years. Oh wow! <laughs> and he was just incredible. It was like Vince Lombardi had come back to life. Um, <laughs> wow! How long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2010. Okay. And that ran for eight months. And when I first moved here, mm-hmm. I had done no professional musical theater, but I knew that Chicago, the musical, mm-hmm. had been running here for however long, and. That's not true. I had done a little bit of, of, of professional musical theater in Chicago mm-hmm. for small productions. But I, I had used this song, Mr. Cellophane, uh, that is uh, that b- belongs to the character Amos Hart for all of my auditions forever. And so I knew this song backwards and forwards. And so I told my agent, I was like, as soon as they're, as soon as they're looking for people, right. let me know. I'm ready. And I went and auditioned and, and got it. Nice. And it and it worked out that Lombardi closed like three weeks before my run in this musical was supposed to start. And they rehearse you hour a day. Yeah. You run through your song and your, your scenes. But you do it with the the dance captain mm-hmm. and the stage manager. Mm-hmm. And then you show up at the Broadway theater on the day that you're going to make your premiere. <laughs> And they just say, okay, go. <laughs> Holy shit. I never thought it was like that. Wow. The da- not, it's not. Right. Like, it, it, this show in particular is, is easy to plug more. It's easier to plug people into. Right. But they literally, you, I showed up at the theater. Mm-hmm. They let me run my song once with the whole band. They let me run my scenes once with the actual people I would be doing it with. Mm-hmm. And then the show just started. Wow. And I sat backstage and just slowly shit my pants. <laughs> I was about to say, were you nervous at all? Yeah. 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 It was probably the most nervous I've been wow. in, in in recent years. That's awesome. That's crazy. But that was a that was a pretty risky uh <laughs> move, I guess. Yeah. So th- something that uh and maybe you know you're starting to you know feel it or or uh like you said with getting getting kind of Spot it sometimes and stuff like that. We recently, you mentioned befriending some comedians. We recently uh, sat with uh, comedian Mickey Coachella, mm-hmm. uh, and he, you know, is a was for a long time a a um, 
radio personality and really well known in Baltimore all around. And, you know, obviously a comedian who knows tons of people and, and comedians are much like actors where, you know, you guys are all friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, you know, he was telling, you know, the story that, you know, the story of coming up as any creative a comedian, actor, photographer, whatever people love you. Right. Cause as, as a people, when you think about it, especially in the U S we love an underdog story, mm-hmm. right? You want to see someone who struggles. You want to see someone who continues and has determination and grit and goes through and then finally gets to that place. But it's funny because you, I'm sure you realize there's like a tipping point, right? There's a tipping mm-hmm. point in your success where people just all of a sudden love to hate you. Yeah. You know, and, and why, why, why do you think that is? I've thought, I mean, I've thought about this recently, actually, because I was following some some of the celebrity culture, um, and I'm just I've just been thinking about it a lot, and I think everyone everyone has a creative side, right? The people I think the people that are happiest in their life or mm-hmm. in this world are honoring their creative side in mm-hmm. some fashion. I don't mean they're making a career out of it. I mean they yeah. they acknowledge it. They put it to use. They feed it. They yeah. even if it's a hobby or a weekend thing or even if it's something small like doodling, they they they're there's a need for creativity because creativity is what connects people. Yeah. Being creative connects people. Right. Your creation of this podcast our your uh, uh, connecting to people on Instagram right. by taking certain photos, showing people your perspective yeah. of the world mm-hmm. yeah. has led us all here. Yeah, I think that people, when they see people indulging that side and 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 feeding that side, mm-hmm. they want to support that person. Yeah, because they want that for themselves. Right yeah. now, if if they then decide not to follow that or they have decided that their creative goals are unachievable for them or are unrealistic or are frivolous or whatever they are they then would really appreciate to see people fail yeah because if you if you are watching people fail then it makes it safe for you to not even try Mm -hmm. and that I think is is that is that is why we love the celebrity culture so much. Everybody, for whatever reason, wants fame, whether it's this kind of uh, immortality or this or whatever whatever you think that might be. But they know they'll never have it, so they would really appreciate to see famous people fail, yeah. get divorced, yeah. trip on a curb, spill their coffee, <laughs> like so that so that it makes it okay for for. For people to stand back and be like, okay, going down that road only leads to danger. Right. Mm-hmm. It right. makes it safe to sit back and not follow your creative right. drive yourself. Yeah. Right. Like we like one of the things we talked about was like uh <laughs> I sit there and say, I love Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you let's just say from two thousand on, his movies have been geared more towards obviously his children and right. his family life. Mm-hmm. And uh I mean I love Daddy Daycare, but beyond that, I would love <laughs> 80s Murphy to right. come back, even, right. even yeah. just for like one movie or one, if he did stand up again, right. anything. And, you know, Mickey even knew about it. He's like, he's like, yeah, it was the biggest thing. His biggest thing now is the way culture has shifted, the way with social mm-hmm. media and that kind of thing. He's like, if he dares to mm-hmm. say the wrong word, 
right? Let's just say faggot said it a lot in the eighties mm-hmm. yeah. and got shit then too. Yeah. But he would he would like everything would be gone. Right? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just it's the tolerance is sure. completely out the window. Sure. And he's like, I don't want to say that after enjoying, let's just say almost 40 years of a career right. to then do something and then say the wrong thing and it's all gone. Well, I mean, the world evolves and if you don't change, if you don't evolve with it, then you get left behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's evolved and a Especially lot of, a lot, like, a lot mm-hmm. of artists yeah. do that. And most of the time their audience hates them for it. Yeah. Dylan, when he went electric, People yeah. <laughs> threw shit at him, <laughs> threw things at the stage because yeah. they wanted to hear they wanted to hear the the, the acoustic folk songs. Right, you know, U two has been evolving. Right, you know, I grew up I grew up a huge fan of U two, mm-hmm. and now I don't connect with their music as much. Right, but that's not their fault. Yeah, they, yeah. they evolve and they do their thing and they sell out. You know. 40, 50, 60,000 seat arenas, right. they must be connecting with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a personal um, thing. Like you said, yeah. like they have a style, but the times are, times are a changing. Right, <laughs> right. And their music, it's going to naturally organically change. Right. And if you're attached to that like one album, right. you might not like it. You might right. lose some. It, I don't, right. It's, it's such it, a catch-22. And it's weird. Anything like creative. You, said, like, I mean, you think about how horrible people are. Let's, let's, let's just really get into this, right? People? For, no, <laughs> people no, are horrible? No, for instance, right? I like video games. I'm not a huge gamer, but I like video games, right? So I like playing first-person shooters, right? I like Battlefield, <laughs> I like Call of Duty, that kind of dumb shit. Okay. And the biggest thing is when people when people like say, oh, the, this game's just a repackaging of the last game with like, new maps. It's so stupid. And I, I never understood that because I'm going, if they deviated too much from what you're g- grown to expect right you're gonna fucking hate it right. you're gonna rage this is actual dialogue the other person he's talking to is a 12 year old kid <laughs> in like north dakota <laughs> and i'm just like you know uh, it, it, you know what i mean but that's the way people are yeah oh you're you're not you're not evolving enough you're the same your roles are boring you need to do something different right you know i mean and all of a sudden you do it and then people are like whoa whoa that's too much change for me yeah go back <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah. like the only thing, the only, the only, the only test I have is, is am I learning something new and am I doing something that scares me? And if I'm, yeah. and if I'm, and if those, both of those things are present, then, then you know, I, you're doing, then it, I'm right. moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. If you're comfortable, you're not doing, you're not doing something right. Right. Like comfort is dangerous. Right. <laughs> Especially creatively. Like, right. Yeah, I just heard a quote today. I was listening to another podcast on the way here, and the quote was uh, by uh, Krishna Das, and he and he says, "When things are going poorly, don't panic. When things are going well, panic. Don't relax." Oh, okay, yeah. Like, that's it. Live in that pocket. That's, yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, because like <laughs> we, when you talk about like for ta- any any creative any person, sure, yeah. you get comfortable. That to me, comfortable is, is another word for complacent. You know, and, yeah. then, and then you just you rest on your laurels, and then you go, "Oh fuck, what happened?" When things yeah. are going well, is the perfect time to double down, yeah, because you have the confidence, yeah, and you've, and you've got you're backed by creative energy, and creatively, confidence is a rare thing. Like that's hard to really believe in when it comes to yourself because you're sure. always questioning everything. Sure. Oh, that like, shit in my pants is coming down here the train. I mean, confidence <laughs> confidence only comes from repeatedly doing things that scare you. Yeah, and. And realizing that none of them are going to kill you. Yeah. 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 Um, well, within reason. <laughs> uh, but like when I first started writing music, mm-hmm. 
I was already doing a Broadway play and I was doing that at night. So I had this weird thing that creative people rarely get, but it's all we want is a schedule. Yeah. All we want is, yeah. is routine, not mm-hmm. routine, yeah. but structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that from eight, seven to eight thirty every night I had to be here. Right. Which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. But it left this whole day open for what, what do I, what am I doing now? Yeah. So, what I decided to do was write 30 songs in 30 days. So I'd wake wow. up every morning and start writing. That's ambitious. It was more than I thought, more Holy ambitious shit. than I thought it would yeah. be. And so I would start writing, and I was I had just bought a ukulele. And so I was like, oh, I want to f- mess around with this thing. Let's see how to I learn how to play it. And it's super easy and, and portable and, like, charming. It's Adorable like, watching this guy, imagine right. this guy playing the ukulele. It's like the charming. It's like it makes every song sound whimsical and magical. <laughs> And Even so, like ACDC. Like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and so I started writing these songs, and then I would take my laptop and my mm-hmm. microphone down to my dressing room, mm-hmm. which was underground, dark, nice. quiet, and I would record the song and post it at the end of the day. Wow! And so at the end of the thing, I don't. You, I, there's no purpose to this. Right. There's no other than just a creative outlet, right. a creative yeah. uh, um, exercise. Right. And so at the end of the thing, I got thirty songs. That's awesome. And I think I think two thirds of them are okay or yeah, good. Yeah. I think one third of them are really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we did a show. We played twenty of them live, and then oh, I re- wow. we recorded an album with like ten to fifteen of them. Um, and now, like three years later, they're they're going to be. Uh, there's two films coming out over the next year that are going to have four or five tracks from the record. Wow! On the awesome. film, that's and, cool. And I never thought, yeah, that that would that would be what comes right. of that right. but the yeah. oftentimes the goal especially create for creative goals they're not up to us so yeah i mean it's it's funny you mentioned something that a lot of photo- like photographers do but they call it have you heard of a 365 project Mm-mm. it's mm-hmm. like one a picture every day for a whole year yeah and it's a similar thing it's yeah. that ambitious yeah. it's it's you you find out so much about yourself throughout yeah. that whole process I'll be honest. I've never done one just because I, I knew I can't commit to that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you've done, done one. That. She, okay, so Jess has done two. <laughs> yeah. You've done it. No. Yeah, me, my friend I, Katie I, has something called Five a Day. She does a wow, like a, a, five, a yeah. five a Day thing. Yeah. yeah, but like you said, it's it's and, and that was a big thing for me, kind of getting through these growing pains with this was, like you said, some of them aren't great. Yeah, there's growing pains, right? Yeah. But you, you're just making traction. You're you're you're, you know. But the whole point is like is is to not. Uh, judge your work the, the that exercise shows you that regardless of whether the photo is any good if that's the photo you've picked and, and it's the end of the day you got to post that photo and mm-hmm. and there's and that was what the song thing was about too for years i had written half a song and thrown it in the garbage and never revisited it ever again right. the whole point is like an artist's job is to create whether or not it's any good has is none of our business right because you true. can't you you can't accurately, you can't accurately even view your own work. Yeah. Right? You can't accurately listen to it. You can't accurately look at it, and because it's a manifestation of your own perspective. Yeah, um, it's so subjective. Yeah, it's, we were talking about photo contests recently, and this is perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't like them because, like you said, with the music, you can enter them, and what are they judging? Like, how are they judging? Right. I, I don't understand. Right. Like I appreciate it. Sure. Maybe the technical part has to do with it, but it's so subjective. Like, yeah, this photo could be their perfect choice the one day. The next day, they'll be like, "Oh, eh, 
I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. But I got into photography about, I guess, five years, five, six years ago. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had mentioned to my then girlfriend that it, it fascinated me. And my father was this great photographer. Like our, our, our childhood photo albums are like hallmark. That's it's awesome. amazing. He's an amazing photographer. Nice. Um, and so she got me, uh, this must've been in like 2008 or nine. I got like a Nikon D 5000 mm-hmm. and started shooting and it became like an amazing shit about Canon. <laughs> what fucking guy. Go Nikon. And, screw him. And, uh, and it was an amazing creative sidebar for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, to be part of something so f- uh, with a physical outcome mm-hmm. as opposed to acting even even film and tv like yeah you have a physical outcome but to hold a photograph in your hand that you took and be like i like yeah. this and it was the first time i'd been creative where i could create something outside of myself that wasn't me on a screen or something right. and say i think this is good right and not feel braggadocious or yeah. whatever yeah. because this is my perspective and i think that that on this day from this angle i did something good yeah. and i want to show it to people and you can imagine how how uh you did that on your own right i mean when you think of acting you, yeah I, I could i could say i've done a bunch of things in my mirror in my bathroom sometimes, exactly. but no one ever is gonna <laughs> right. see it know it whatever right? right or you sit there and say well with social media nowadays People can technically just post stuff to YouTube sure. with their phone and, and, sure. and, and do it that way, but it's not the same. You know what right. I mean? Like it's very much so acting and other things are very much a team yeah. kind of sport. And uh, yeah, I mean, so speaking of which, I know you were in uh, the drop, correct? Yeah. Okay. Tom Hardy, James Gandolfini, yep. one of his final oh, yeah, roles. His uh, last, his last movie. Yeah. On the dock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember um, that. So I'm sure, like you probably get. You know, when certain people get to a certain point, you mm-hmm. sit there and say, okay, well, they're on this pedestal. And you go, eh, there's some guys. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can hang out with Bruce Willis. I'm just going to throw it out there. I feel like me and Bruce Willis could be guys. He's, he's, Bruce, if you're listening. Yeah. I hear, I heard he's, note, he's um, in the firearms. He's a cool guy. You know I just what I mean? want, like, if, if Daniel, let's hang out with Daniel at okay. some point. Okay. God. Bruce, yeah. Bruce. So, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. so what, was, what, was, uh, what was Tom Hardy and James like working with them? Um, we can start with James. James, uh, Mr. Gandolfini, was perfectly lovely. Yeah. Uh, we were on set uh, together maybe two days. Um, a lot of actors, being on set is hard. It's a long, it's a yeah. long day. It's, it's a lot of repetitive behavior. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh, yeah. trying to keep your energy up when the camera's rolling and things like this. And so a lot of actors, when the camera's not pointed at them, they just want to be, they, they just go to the yeah. trailer, they yeah. relax, they rest, they sleep. Um, right. Best, best, uh, Best advice I heard for for making a movie was from um, oh crap uh, Fight Club Tom, uh, Tim Burton's wife mm-hmm. oh Helena Bonham Carter. Hel- Helena yeah. Bonham Carter yeah. she said uh, someone asked her what, if they had any advice for filming and she said yeah if you're standing and you could be sitting sit and if you're sitting and you could be laying down lay down <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. my advice it's like that's good advice yeah <laughs> solid. Um, solid but. Uh, <laughs> In the in the film, I'm, I play I play uh, what we referred to as the Glory Days boys, who were just a, a bunch of uh, regulars at this bar who sat around drinking, mm-hmm. and we had this long scene that that we did over and over again. And at the end of the scene, uh, James Gandolfini had a line that was just like a cheers line, "Dad, thanks, guys," that type of thing. Right. Um, and while they had the camera pointed at us, he sat back there for like three hours and gave us and and gave us our eye line. 
so that we had someone to talk to when That's we turned cool. around. Wow. And most most Respect. actors wouldn't wouldn't do that. Yeah, they set up a tennis ball uh, right. you know, on a spring. Appropriately so they wouldn't. Yeah. Like go yeah, yeah, go yeah. rest. Go yeah. rest. It's fine. But he was he was there the whole time and he was always he was always, you know, doing nice things for the crew and, and for the cast and little extras would yeah. show up on set for people and wow. That's cool. Um It's and, always so good to hear stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um and Tom Hardy is uh just as badass as you think he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Super, he's super nice, and 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 he. We all just shot the shit for a week. He was nice. the bartender. We were the the drinkers. And did you guys arm wrestle? No, <laughs> no. Um, Keep bringing uh, it up, man. You're getting me all. I'm getting amped up, bro. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little nervous now. All of a sudden. Um, but yeah, he would he would shoot the shit with us, and then he'd go outside and sign all the autographs for the kids on the sidewalk who right. you know who heard Bane was in the bar. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He told he told us this great story. I don't want to tell other people's stories, but he was saying that the first time they got into the the fights, the fight stuff. You know, he's got this, right. this mask over his face, <laughs> um, and and Christian Bale is wearing a, hel- a you know this helmet right. that covers his ears. Right. So when he would deliver his line that would start the fight or or, or whatever it was, it's pretty good. Uh, Christian Bale couldn't tell when he was done talking, so he didn't know <laughs> when to throw the punch, and and he would be like, "I can't, I can't hear a word he's saying." Like, and so they had had to, had to develop like hand signals, yeah, yeah. to like fights, so like they would hide them from the camera and be like, <laughs> w- when he was done talking, right? Like, it, wow, and yeah, he was he was he was a good time. That's, That's awesome. Speak, uh, tell, tell me, you've seen the Bane Cat? The, the what? Video, the oh, Bane yeah. Cat video? Yeah. Oh my! God, More than Bane, have you seen Bronson? Oh my I, god, know, yes. I've been meaning to watch it. That's one of it. my favorite movies. It's been in my Netflix. It is it's disturbing. Like, it is one of it is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And it is one of his first roles. Yeah. And he is my I've watched it over and over and over again yeah. as a, like an That's acting lesson. Chills. Right. It's you should be. You should be. It's his best film. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> um, that film is incredible. Yeah, that yeah. Film is incredible. You would never realize that's one of his first things. Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, he had done a couple other things. He was in, you know, he was in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and and a couple of other things. But that was like his first time carrying a film. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, dude, you gotta and watch that. Just, it's, dude, I I loved him in Warrior, which I think is an underrated film. Amazing, that's good too. Amazing but this, movie. Intense is like the most underrated. It's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Anyway, watch. We could, we could talk about Bronson. Yeah. All I know, time, right? But. Seriously. Oh. So that actually brings up a good one. Both of you guys are pretty well known for, for doing different kind of accents for roles. Um, you know, what, what, what's that process like for you? Because I'm sure there isn't a vocal coach on set on every, you know, film not, or whatever. Not on everyone. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, the Irish accent for the Nick, I, a long time ago, it, you know, realizing that I was going to be a, you know, a six foot four Irish dude, <laughs> the Irish accent was probably going to be one that I should, should invest some time right. in. Right. Um, so I just, I, I'm definitely not an, uh, an impersonator per se, but I, right. I, I'm okay at mimicking. So right. I, I do study a lot of, um, a lot of different accents 
And, you know, when I'm sitting at home, there's a lot of talking back to the TV. And, and <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Cool. No, just like repeating, like if I'm listening to Brendan Gleeson or something and he says a line and I try to figure out how, how, he, how he made those sounds, like, <laughs> you know, just like making sounds with yeah. my mouth. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Irish one came pretty easy. Yeah, yeah I think one, speaking of, I didn't realize it until I watched a documentary, but, you know, The Foxcatcher? Mm-hmm. So Steve Carell was amazing in that movie. I didn't realize... I haven't seen that just yet. Just literally watching his mouth. And if you watch the actual, you know, DuPont guy, yeah. the way he talked, his mouth was weird. Like it, uh-huh. would, it would move in weird ways. Yeah. And he nailed that. Yeah. And it was creepy. Yeah. It's and amazing. It's a really good, you should definitely check Steve it out. Steve Carell's yeah, turning yeah. into one of the greatest actors of our time. Oh, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and think about how many people who transitioned from kind of not slapstick, but, you know, <laughs> Anchorman uh, to well, No, you can call it slapstick. Yeah. Okay. Slapstick <laughs> comedy to like, um, uh, who's the other? guy uh from wow we just watched a movie with him the other day uh, ryan reynolds you know ryan like reynolds, yeah. i used to love waiting and then oh look at the God, movies he's right. making now i can't you know what I, mean? so I can't wait for deadpool that's yeah gonna that's gonna, and that, to that. me that's gonna be a segue back to it's kind of like an homage back to what you know you're right. sitting there going he's perfect for that why did this take so long and not not to go back to the whole social media thing but it's crazy that i mean the movie's being made because of the fans and mm-hmm. like how crazy they went i want to see a pretty amazing movie we have control driven we have we have control now yeah uh so jose's pointing to me because there's a question coming up (laughs) and (laughs) the only reason i'm doing is because it has a guy that you really 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 like read the the question man it's here where am i so tell us it just says so tell us where is it Mm, this is why you can't have nice things We'll just skip we'll around edit a bit. This out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're gonna it. leave it in. We're gonna edit this out. We do guys. all one long take. Oh, it was much lower than a bunch of the other stuff. That's why <laughs> I'm not crazy that much. But um, point to him again. <laughs> so and with like a lot of the diversity and everything, you've you've done some pretty diverse roles. Worked with a bunch of people. Like the thing coming up with my fanboy mm-hmm. Daniel. Yeah, um, I think you're a fanboy of Daniel. Let's put that. Yeah. You, you well, no, to, that's how I'm trying to. But be. if oh, you oh, knew yeah. him, yes. he would be a fan. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you worked with you know the Nick, um, the Normal Heart. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find it personally that it helps you grow, like to explore different roles, working in that kind of diverse arena? Yeah, you know, it, it, like I said, it's every every time every time I get to work with somebody who's who's been doing this for longer than I have. Yeah. Or has been doing this at a different level than I have. Yeah, there's a chance to learn something, and so you know, getting getting a chance to watch how how Daniel Radcliffe uh-huh. performs um, is very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a it's a and whole that's a movie new, called Imperium, right? Yeah, this film it's called Imperium. Um, it's uh, it's going to be really good. It's first time uh, director and writer Daniel uh, Daniel Ragusas. Um and it's uh, it's about a young CIA or FBI, I can't remember which he is in, um, agent who goes undercover in a white supremacist organization. Oh, wow. And I play the leader of the, of said organization. <laughs> Whoa, um, that's cool. Is that, so, that's what he shaved his head for, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, that's creepy. What is he trying to do? Some, uh, some American history X type stuff. Like with his shaved head and get all built. He's not, he didn't, he didn't get too jacked up or anything, but he's, yeah. he's, you know, he has amazing parents. Mm hmm. Which is why he is such a gentleman yeah. and such a well, um, 
well-rounded uh, person. Um, yeah. But his dad uh, helps him read read all these scripts, mm-hmm. and he he can now do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. which is why, which is really what every artist wants yeah. to get yeah. get to a point where you can pick and choose the projects that you want, that you love, that you care about, mm-hmm. and he by doing that is giving a lot of other artists who may not have the opportunity to get yeah. their, their project made, made, mm-hmm. um, whether it's this or that movie horns. Yeah. I was going to say that, that, that was great. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. It's awesome. It's seeing him in that role too is interesting. Mm-hmm. It was really good, but, um, all right. Yeah, so you, you, check you it mentioned out, something. What's your dream director, dream director and dream role. But before that, I just want to ask you one quick thing. Working with Ryan Murphy for oh um, yeah how I mean, how was that because he's very you know goes back to that diverse thing I mean he's done American Horror Story yeah to Glee how I was, was it working with him in that one uh, I was I was on set for one day for that I only had like, okay. I only had like three lines but it's interesting you know one of those things where you you, you get cast you show up at this hospital yeah and I was dressed as a maintenance person yeah walking around a hospital with a toolbox. <laughs> I was chased away from craft services three times. <laughs> I had to keep telling them, I was, no, I'm in the movie. I'm right, in the movie. Right. I'm That's acting funny. in the movie. That's so Just trying to get some coffee. <laughs> um, you know, and you sit in, in, at that point, I had this little tiny trailer that they, they call them honey wagons that, that fit like, eight rooms yeah. in a, in a semi. So it's like this room that's maybe four feet wide by 10 feet long. <laughs> You've got like a little place that you can maybe lay down if yep. you're not, uh, four feet wide, like I am. <laughs> um, and so I was in there for 11 hours, just like lose, slowly losing my mind. <laughs> um, and you show up on set and you look like a maintenance guy. <laughs> so nobody, talks to you yeah everyone, or, everyone just going yeah can we help what's, you what's that doing? do, so do you want to get to the ceiling where are you, where are you trying or? to get yeah. i'm like here i'm the, in the scene i'm in this scene the leak is on the second floor um, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then and then we rehearse it and and mark ruffalo and julia roberts come crashing through a door she's in a wheelchair yelling at you and and you just have to, after being after 11 hours in a in a, in a coffin sized room deliver your lines and just leave. <laughs> it's like it's not nearly as romantic as, as some people might think. But yeah, yeah, and you just and and literally people just want you to show up and just not fuck it up. Yeah, do yeah. your job. Just do your it's job. It's a job. Just yeah. do your job. You don't need to hand you don't need handshakes. You don't need to meet everybody. You don't need to learn everybody's name. You're gonna be gone in <laughs> an hour and a half. Don't fuck up your lines. We all wanna go home. Yeah. Keep keep moving. Um yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, and that's yeah. Hold on, hold on a second. Oh, okay. Um, so right now, last, in check. we're kind of wrapping them up. We're we're coming up to an hour here, and uh, we're gonna do what we call kind of like the, the lightning round, if you will. Right. So it's just three questions. Um, they go a little deep, but if we're trying to see if we can keep the responses, <laughs> I to think like we've a, gone to like a pretty minute. deep. Oh, we've we've gone deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what's your biggest fear? creatively you can edit out this silence <laughs> cuz i'm gonna, i'm trying to make it short yeah 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 stagnation yep 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like, and it's funny, we've been asking that to everyone and everyone's uh, kind of thing in a similar vein. I mean, a lot of them are uh, losing relevance, you know, no yeah. longer being yeah. relevant. Uh, whether you're an actor or, yeah. say, a comedian, you go up on a stage yeah. and there's like five people in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I think you stagnation know? is perfect. If you're yeah. a creative person, yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Creatively, you always need to be moving progressively. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Actually. And as far as relevance, I mean, none of this is relevant. Right. <laughs> See now we're going deeper. All right, yeah. I mean we're in the second to, dream. And it's to be, yeah, no, yeah. This has gotten meta. This room's going right. to turn upside in down. Fact, in fact, this podcast second. isn't even happening right now. <laughs> it's all a figment. It's all just molecules it's, bouncing together through your earbuds. And he forgot to hit record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at his face. For a second, he was like, "Look at this fucking little mouse show." Is he serious? You really, did, you really did that? This is actually the warm up session. We yeah. told you it was two hours. The beard the, just grew this back is, instantly. This is and the warm up like interview. Rising. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if uh, and again, same thing. Uh, going deeper. Name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far. Well, that's hard. That's hard to say, but the first play I did in Chicago. Chi Town. Yeah. I lived there for five years. I did, I did, a, did this play. It was opening night. We walk into the opening night party and I walk up to the bar and I turn, I get a tap on the shoulder and, uh, and it's Morgan Freeman. Holy shit. <laughs> and my jaw <laughs> drops open. Hi. And, and he, and he goes and he just says, he, he said, uh, he introduced him. He said, hi, uh, uh, I'm Morgan. And I was like, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm Chris Sullivan. And he goes, oh, that's funny. My last name's O'Brien. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he just, he, he, he made, he gave me a very nice compliment on my performance. Um, and, did you suddenly see yourself like uh, outside of yourself? Yeah, looking yeah, in, yeah, with yeah. Him narrating it. I joked. I was like, "Well, I'm gonna. I quit. <laughs> I quit. That's it for me, guys." Yeah, yeah. And then um, he just grew wings and floated away. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a, um, that was a, a nice compliment. The other one, the other one might have just recently happened. The 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 New York Times put me on a list yes, of best performances that. That of the year. Great. As a character actor, you know, doing doing character work and doing you know being a supporting role, right. it's, it's, it was very nice to to have that. Yeah, yeah. The the work on on the Nick recognized because I'm very I'm very proud of it. I, I can say, I mean, we we've been watching it since day one, and uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, full full admission, uh, season two, a little behind. That's it's on my DVR, <laughs> but uh, you and the and the um, nun are one of the my two of my favorite characters, honestly. Yeah, and I think that's. Thanks. It's a very up, it's a very realistic. <laughs> I'm very yeah. Hold on, come over here. <laughs> I said, I'm very interested to see how that relationship kind of, Closer. you know, grows or expands. Yeah. It's kind of at the point right now where it could take a couple of different turns. Sure. You know, there's kind of a, uh, a fatherly sort of relationship, mm -hmm. but then, you know what I mean? But then you could see where it might, I guess from, you know, from a viewer, it could become a romantic relationship. I don't know if it's just a very, um, loving friendship. Like, yeah. They, there, they're leaving it open right now. I feel. Yeah, there to, there are people who've voiced you know on Twitter and things like that who want to see both, who want to see them together, who don't definitely don't want to see them together. I think it's I think it's that the writers have created a very realistic mm -hmm. kind of 
life situation and they haven't let they haven't let the the melodrama of romance and things like that kind of taint the survivalistic uh uh reason for a relationship in in at the turn of the century in new york um but yeah i think i think no matter what you want to see from that relationship i think you'll be very pleased with the way yeah. the writers the writers handle do you see it. a lot of people on social media like really getting passionate about the characters and the way absolutely. they're going yeah absolutely yeah. when you think about it too i mean it's it's there's a reason why, like you said, I think it's so polarizing. I mean, even even just as a human being, if you have this really great connection with someone and you, you involve the romantic side of yeah. things, yeah. it can completely yeah. go away or it can transform, but uh, it's a risk you take. Yeah. And when you think about it, think about some of the characters we love in shows, the whole thing is you're wondering if they're ever going to get together and it can go on for eight fucking seasons and right. they never even kiss. <laughs> right. They get so close. You know what I mean? That's such right. a recurring thing on yeah. every episode. It, the word connector, the word connection, it's yeah. so important right. with everything creatively. I mean, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Right. Right. And that's but. that, that's that, that goes back to that, the theme we were talking about, about evolution. It's like yeah. people will, will die, you know, to see Ross and Rachel <laughs> were you, together. Were you, a big, were you a big Friends fan to growing get, up? Not really, but hard to avoid. Yeah, yeah it um, was. The one, 90s well, were they very, will die yeah. to see Ross and Rachel together, but then as soon as they see it, they're like, mm, this yeah. isn't what yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I was <laughs> wrong. <Yeah. laughs> right. Right. You want exactly. the anticipation. Yeah. Exactly. Rachel so swiped like, left. Yeah, yeah, never never give it to them, and then they're still hungry, so right. keep them wanting more. And then once you do it, the show's over. Essentially, yeah, exa- right? exa- yeah. no, that's what I mean. Exactly, right. you know. Right. Um, so now, tell me about your biggest regret in your career. Yeah, you know i i've I've done pretty well, you know, business wise, career wise, following following my my heart or my my drive. There was one thing I I, I was thinking about this earlier, a long time ago, when I was back in Chicago. Um, I went to see a friend's show and uh, it was a second city show sketch show and their very close family friend, John Hughes, um, the famous director for the younger listening audience um, (laughs) uh, came to see the show. Right. And we were all chatting afterwards and he was a lovely, lovely man. It's now since passed on rest in peace. Um, but after after the show, they were all going to dinner, and I felt like such a kind of outsider and a little right. bit of a like a third wheel, like mm-hmm. a third wheel. They invited me, and I said no. Mm. I said no, thank you. Right, and and I thought it was the right thing. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was like letting them have their family time and their right. their close mm-hmm. friend time. And I and I really regret that to this day because now I'll never get a chance to have a conversation with him. And I would right. have loved to have heard his. Uh, his perspective on some yeah. things. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, it, it was a very similar thing and it's, it's a, it's been a recurring thing where, I mean, uh, not to go way too deep, but I mean, you never know how, when people are going to go. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like, uh, yeah. for Peter, one of the big things was his mother passed away recently and he's been a photographer for God knows how many years and he's never taken a photograph of her in his wow. studio. And he was there for eight wow. years in that specific studio and he was just like, yeah, that that's got, my, that got yeah. deep. He's like, that's my biggest regret. I'm like, fuck. And then uh, Mickey, his biggest meaningful moment in his career was his mother got very sick and he was playing the one of the biggest uh, venues in all of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like all the greats have been there, right? And he 
it was like on Showtime and HBO and stuff like this. It was televised and it was a really highlight in his career. But his mother was sick and he thought, you know, she wouldn't be able to make it literally and, and make it to the show. And it turns out the producers ended up working out the hospital and they literally had her there. And she was in, when he looked up, she was in the middle of the theater, wow. you know, in a wheelchair. She had lost like part, uh, I think her, her foot and her, one of her wow. hands. And, and literally he just like, I, I'm sitting there with the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of mm. in my career. Yeah. And I just see my mom. And he's a comedian. You know? Yeah. And how he's a comedian. You, how and do he, you do that? And he's just like, and he's just like, it was just like, I, all, no one else mattered. All I saw was my mom. That's amazing. And I was like, fuck, that's really cool. That's, oh, you know? man. And yeah. And it, it's, it just, you know, it just goes to show that that's, that's such a moment. Like, yeah. How do you, oh. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, that's insane. It's, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, completely changing gears. Listen. I want to say thank you, Chris. It's been yes, amazing. Thank you so, so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, and uh, and we're glad to have kind of sat with you and got to know you a little bit. So lastly, who's someone that you'd like to hear us talk to on the show? Uh, like you said, we do talk to a bunch of very, uh, like, you know, photographers and that sort yeah. of things. But who's like the funniest comedic, uh, funniest comedic actor you know? Uh, the funniest comedic actor I know would be... Greg Hildreth. I mean, he's a he's a Broadway staple. He's been around been around a long time, um, but he's definitely one of the funniest guys I know. He'd be a good conversation. Um, and then uh, maybe another interesting guy that, that that you guys might enjoy talking to is a guy named Tom Paul. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a Emmy award winning sound designer and, oh, and cool. uh, lives out in red, awesome. Ho- lives out in red hook. Um, but he's a fascinating dude and he runs this, um, this music salon in his apartment once a month and he invites all these amazing artists to come play and they, they have food and everybody brings, oh, wow. brings a bottle wow. or something and, and, uh, and, and, uh, they have a featured artist and then, and then, the night kind of devolves into everybody plays something right. or sings or, or right. reads, reads oh, their work awesome. or something. It yeah. becomes just like bohemian yeah. red hook night. His, his apartment looks out over the Statue of Liberty. It's nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he'd be an interesting dude. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And then actually brings up, if you like that, you'd appreciate um, the guy we're going to talk to next week. Uh, Chase does something. He's did something similar for years. If it was called food and drink with friends or something like that, where similar thing. He was he's been huge in the Seattle scene for a while. So mm-hmm. he'd have like like Macklemore's on there before anyone knew who the hell he was. Nice. And uh, you know, and they would same exact thing: drinking, having fun, uh, performing, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And when you think about it, that's, that's come on, Christ, yeah. food, yeah, dude, funs, laughs, you know, friends. Okay, so one last question, and then uh-huh. we'll let you go. Um, when you daydream uh-huh. about your career and creativity and those types of things, what is a dream producer to work with? What would be your dream role? Like, what would you feel like would be the role that would, you know, when people feel like they just make make it? Yeah. You know, what what do you, if, whether that's something that exists currently or... Yeah, the, I... I that mindset is hard it's hard to pin something down there's there is no there will there will never be a time where making it where you or I've made it right I think we all we all reach certain levels but but everything everything is in flux and and you can always move it, it, it's an up and down it's there's ups and downs right so as far as 
the role that there are roles that change things. There are roles that change the landscape of things. Yeah. Um, but, but there's not, there's no role. I mean, ask, ask anyone who's, who's won an Oscar and then not worked for two years, you know, or, um, so, and that, yeah, that's yeah, scary. I mean, yeah, think about so it, the role, the fleeting, I mean, the fleeting goes to that stagnation, yeah. you know, response. I think really. I would very much like, let's put it this way I would very like to work with the Cohen brothers. I would very much like yeah. to work uh, musically in other genres, uh, TV, film, things like that. Um, but as far as the a role, I don't think I can. I don't think yeah. I can. You name talk one. to the Blair brothers. That'd be a cool. Connection. Yeah, we we actually have. Uh, there's some composers in Philly that uh, they do a lot of work for you know Hollywood movies and cool. stuff, and we're going to be talking to them soon. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I probably appreciate that one. Very Check cool. them out for sure. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, this has been my podcast, the <laughs> the Angry Millennial. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll we'll film it. We'll clear this table off, and I'm thinking, uh, you know I what? will arm wrestle my guest. Um, <laughs> oh, I, and we'll I've, post I've this. Been a guest before, and we'll <laughs> tell me, talk about me, talk about me. Yes, and yes. we'll post this. What are you going to post it on the day this comes out? Uh, oh, the, the arm, arm wrestling. Oh, I'm do, we're doing it right now. Is they starting I'm, to shake oh, right gonna, now? I can. Right. I'm going to periscope that shit. I could see him quivering. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Oh shit! All right. Well, listen. Before before I die, Chris, thank you. My pleasure. It's yes. been a pleasure. Thanks for having thank me. you so much. You were, uh, Thanks for having me. Definitely, Thanks for bringing me in. Yeah, definitely one of the one of the. He just broke my hand, guys. so <laughs> yeah. see you later. <laughs> Clear yeah. the shit off the table. Let's All get right. down. Oh my god! All right, let's All do right. it. Have a good one.